Welcome back to iGen Politics. This is a podcast that makes politics engaging and relevant for all generations. This is Victor Shi. And I'm Jill Wine Banks. And today's Jill's pin is one that represents Time's Up and the Me Too movement. This week marks the second week of the Eugene Jean Carroll rape trial against former President Trump. So far, Eugene Jean Carroll's testimony has been gut-wrenching and credible. Today, we're going to talk about what we've heard so far from E. Jean Carroll, her attorneys, and Trump's lawyer. And while this case is about E. Jean Carroll and her experience with Trump, it's also about all the other sexual assault survivors who may feel like they can't speak up. And for that, regardless of what happens in this trial, E. Jean Carroll is and will be a hero for so many people. And of course, another hero is our guest today. Uh, he's going to help us talk about the trial, and he may have to get a phone call. A hero? I said a hero. Yes, that was me. You are. You you are someone who I don't has see been any. a longtime activist. I don't see any. I don't see any. George is being humble. I cannot take a compliment like that. Well, gosh, you <laughs> have to I learn how to take much. a compliment. Uh, thank you. Yes, thank you, you deserve you. it. You helped her get an attorney and you encouraged her to bring this lawsuit, which we think is a very important case. And yes. you are a former... I think that overstates it a little bit. I'll tell you precisely what I did. Okay, well, go ahead and tell us. <laughs> tell me. All right. Once upon a time, there was a lawyer. And um, <laughs> no, in 2019, I saw, like everyone else, I read about what Jean had happened to Jean. Um, it came out in New York Magazine as yeah. the excerpt of her book. And I had just seen this amazing thread by a woman named Brianna Wu on Twitter had, uh, who had basically gone through every single news article about every single woman that Trump harassed or assaulted. And I was just like, I had never looked at all of them all at once before. I mean, you know, there were, there were, I remember them from the campaign, they were here, there. But when you look at them and stack them all like that, and to me, one of the most important indicia of whether a story is strong in, in a Me Too case, um, as we've seen with the reporting of Ronan Farrow in The New Yorker and Jody Cantor and her colleague in The Times, is contemporaneous corroboration yeah. and um, the pattern. And the pattern was just remarkable how similar many of these stories were about how he would get the woman alone or he would just, you know, be like an octopus on them. And there were just so many similarities that it just struck me like I really like I, I felt guilty that I hadn't focused on it really before. And this this thread came out just around the time, that same time. And it occurred to me, I'm going to do a thread on the uh parallels between what E. Jean Carroll had just told her story and the Juanita Broderick allegations against Bill Clinton. And I said, I'm going to do a thread just to show like, you know, if the point being basically, hey, guys, if you believe Juanita Broderick and you pushed her story the way the Trump campaign did in 2016, then you better damn well take Jean Carroll, seriously. And I talked to a friend of mine, uh, Molly Jong Fast, actually, yeah. who said, you should make that an op-ed. And instead of doing a Twitter thread that day, Saturday, I, I, I 
wrote an op-ed and I emailed um, the people at the, the Washington Post and said, hey, would you be interested in an op-ed that says this? And the answer was, so I guess not surprisingly, hell yes. And <laughs> I wrote it and we published it. And it was, I, I thought it was one of, it was one of the better things I've ever written. And basically that it made the point that, hey, you know, in Jean Carroll's case, there were actual uh, people she talked to within right. days of the incident and told about this. And then you have a much deeper and longer pattern. And then you have his lying about whether he had ever met her. You had the, and you had to grab the pussy, grab their pussies tape from the, you know, from, from uh, the Billy Access Bush. Access Hollywood, yeah. Access Hollywood. Mm -hmm. And it's like, th this has got, you, you got all these different points that, uh, you know, are make this stronger than, and without denigrating the Broderick allegations, this is, this is just stronger evidentiary wise. So Republicans, you better take this seriously. Of course, they did not. Um, and the the, the, the op-ed was futile in that regard, but um, it did make some people upset at the White House. I do not, I will not say who. Um, oh, I and, bet I can guess. Um, <laughs> yeah, yeah. One of them had. One of them is orange. The other one is not. Um, and some other people. So you know, I published this, and, and then it just so happened I went to a dinner party in Manhattan the following week, and pure coincidence, Jean Carroll was there, and mm. of course she makes a beeline to me, or I made a beeline to her, and she thanked me for writing this piece, and somehow in almost within a couple, I mean, this was really a short conversation. It must have been no more than two minutes. She said, you know, I've been kicking around the idea. I think she said something. Like, I've been kicking around the idea of suing or somehow the, the topic of a possible lawsuit came up. And I thought for about two tenths of a millisecond. And I said, you've got a case. You, you've got a, you have a potential substantial defamation claim. And I think I recall the fact that in the Paula Jones litigation, there was a, you know, there, there was a, there were federal claims for um, sex discrimination uh, under title seven or not title seven, but under, under, under some civil rights statutes. Mm -hmm. And there was a diversity claim for libel because he, Clinton basically called Paula Jones a liar. And it occurred to me that that's exactly what happened here. And, um, you know, if, 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 the, if the event is shown to have happened, it's, 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 it's a straight out per se libel. And I told her essentially that. And, and I said, it's a, you know, if, if that's something you are seriously consider, I mean, you should seriously consider it, um, it because it's a, it would be a real litigation. And then I thought for another two tenths of a millisecond, I mean, it just, I, I, it was one of those things where you have a flash and it's just immediately obvious what the next step would be. And I said, I think I know the right lawyer for you. And I had in my mind a person who had become a very, very, very good friend of mine. One of my dearest friends today, Robbie Kaplan of law firm Kaplan Hecker, who um, is just, you know, I mean, her claim to fame if she had never done anything else would be pretty substantial as it was because she won the defense of marriage act case in the supreme court and um 
you know, for, for Edie Windsor. And I, the next, in the next day or two, I, I contacted Robbie and said, Hey, I met E. Jean Carroll. I didn't have to repeat the story or the facts because obviously everybody and everybody who is literate <laughs> knew this story. <laughs> and I said, would you be interested in talking to her? And she said, yes. And I hooked them up together. And that's where we are today. Well, and the other thing I, I did, the other thing I did, which will probably, I guess, if they crossed Jean on my connection to the case, they're going to do it to this other witness is Natasha Stoinoff, who is one of the other victims whose mm -hmm. Rule 415 evidence the judge has deemed admissible. Um, she was the People magazine reporter who right. I don't remember what year it was, was assigned, um, sadly, by her editors to do a profile of one mogul, then mogul, not candidate, Donald John Trump, and went down to Mar-a-Lago. Mar right. And he was doing his thing where he's showing how wonderful his built building is and his rooms are. And he took her into one of the uh, an empty ballroom or something like that and pushed her up against the wall and, you know, did his thing. And, you know, she's pushing back at him. I gather, I don't, I, I haven't read the story in a while. Well, obviously we'll see the testimony, but I think if I recall correctly, what happened was, she was saved by a butler or somebody who basically came down and said, Mr. Trump, Melania is coming. I think that's the story. I, I, I will have to see from the testimony. And but basically, it's, you know, the judge said this is sufficiently similar that it gets in under Rule 415 of the Federal Rules of Evidence, which ironically is part of the Violence Against Women Act signed into law by one William Jefferson Clinton. You know, you just, the, the ironies never end. Yes. Uh, so that's how that's my involvement with the story. And then the next week after Jean's story came out, I got an email out of the blue from to, to my law firm, my law firm email address from Natasha saying, thank you for standing up for us. And and she apparently was a, like the ringleader of all of this, this support group of all these Trump victims. And later there was a story in the New York, New York times about how they watched the election returns and they, they toasted me and whatnot. Um, they, they all became friends of mine. And I introduced in 2019, I introduced Natasha to Eugene and they became friends. And now she's, Natasha is going to testify as a witness on Eugene's behalf maybe as early as today. I think Jessica Leeds went on today. I don't know. Yeah. I haven't been on. Yeah, I, yeah. I confess I have not been online yeah. today following the live streams. I oh, wish well, I could be in the courtroom, but I don't, I, but I, but it's too much effort and I don't think it's a good idea. But. Uh, well, I'd like to be in the courtroom and I don't have any <laughs> compunctions about it, but I'm not in New York, so I'm not, but. And I'm, you're also not, you're not, you're also not in evidence. Right. Uh, well, thank heavens I'm not in evidence, but, <laughs> but there are 26 potential. You know, I've never been women. admitted into evidence before. I, I, I think. <laughs> have you well, as a lawyer? You have uh, well, I once almost had to testify during the Watergate trial, but it was oh, interesting wow. to hear your name as a name, you know, in testimony at a trial. So I, I was fascinated that we had already scheduled you to be on the show. And I was like, oh, wow, I'm, I'm, our I'm, timing I'm is brilliant. To, you, you, you guys, well, you guys, obviously, yeah. are very great. I, I'm, I'm also going to put that on my gravestone, the, the, uh, you know, that I was admitted. Right, evidence. exactly. <laughs> evidence, yes. it's, it is born it's 1963, died whenever, admitted into evidence. <laughs>
2023. Well, it's fascinating that there will be two women that she told contemporaneously, which yes. is definitely and, and powerful. And to me, that's just, that it, it's so powerful. It it's is. so absolutely powerful. Plus, plus the two women who, at two out of 26 possibles, who would have also corroborated that the same thing happened. The other one who is testifying was assaulted sitting next to him on an airplane. Yeah, on, on, a brand of, on a brand right. of flight. Absolutely. I mean, just totally I think outrageous. she testified. I think she has been testifying or maybe on the stand right now. Right. According so to it's, somebody it's told quite me. outrageous. And then, as you mentioned, yeah. the grabbing pussy tape is really one of yeah, those most it powerful is. It's basically, things. It, it, absolutely. Sometimes that's him I'll, saying, I'll, this is how I behave. And then there are three witnesses who say, and that's what he did exactly to me. No, so I think it's going right. to be. Sometimes it's funny right. thing when sometimes Donald Trump tells the truth. It's often exactly. very revealing. Yeah. And that was one time he was telling the truth. So now in terms of, let's let's move to a slightly different thing, which is another person who was named, um, who's become known is the LinkedIn co-founder, uh, who's also a large Democratic mega donor, Reed Hoffman, who's been identified as paying for Miss Carroll's lawsuit. And did you have anything to do with that? Is that another? No, I, I, I have never met Reed Hoffman. I, when I first heard his name in connection with this, I don't think, I mean, his name, the name rang a bell, but I really yeah. didn't know who he was. And I, I had nothing to do with the litigation funding. Although a funny story is I've been told that before they found out it was Reed Hoffman, um, the defense lawyers thought that I had been funding the lawsuit, ah. which, which, Again, I, I, it flatters me to no end. So, <laughs> I'm, I'm wondering. I mean, hearing her testimony and, and cross examination, I mean, it, it's so moving. I'm wondering what you think kind of pushed Eugene over the over the line to, to ultimately sue for President Trump. You know, I I, 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 mean, she testified about this. Yeah, and she, I think, she just was deeply offended and. I don't. I, I think you know. There's a certain naivete to Jean Carroll. I, if you've ever met her, she is the sweetest and nicest person you will ever meet. She is one of these people who you can't get. You really can't get her to say a bad word about anybody, even people who deserve it. It's really hard. I mean, she'll say a bad word about Donald Trump now, obviously, but but she's just. Um, she is the kindest and sweetest and 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 most earnest and and just i mean she's just she's like an open book mm. and um i i think she was she was sh surprised i mean just judging from what i've heard and i think what, what she made what i've seen from the live blog of that she was surprised at the reaction to the allegation it was because tom Warren was only one of like 20 odd jerks in the book you, she wrote about like this book about you know bad men and and i and of course she, she was called a liar you know and to the point where he said i've never seen her before and like there was a photograph in the original right. original new york new york magazine article and and then people began to ask her about are you going to sue and i think she you know she was obviously very upset about her integrity being challenged and you know when she and she was she was thinking about it and thinking about it and that's why she asked me that question at that party and apparently according to her testimony her conversation with me crystallized an intent to sue that had been building 
um, until then. I didn't know any of that. She, I just, right. I was just asking a question. I, I mean, I was just answering the question that she asked me and gave her, you know, straight up. Um, you know, it wasn't, it wasn't a confidential, like, Oh, come to my office and we have a secret, you know, it wasn't one of these things where I, there was attorney client privilege. It was in the middle of a, of a, of a, or a bunch of people. And I think somebody may have been listening. It was just and an off the cuff. Yeah. You, you, this is a real claim, ma'am. This is a real claim. And I know the lawyer for you. And that, that's how it happened. And then of course the, there came a second besides defamation, which you identified for her, the rape became possible because of a new New York law, which you right, couldn't have which, done otherwise. Right, right. Um, and, you know, and, and, and it all turns on the same thing. I mean, it, it, everything rises or falls on whether the jury determines um, that the sexual assault occurred. And, and I, 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 that, that's basically the only real issue in the case other than damages. And then, of course, dumbass Donald Trump. Um, you know, he had a kind of a, a, a defense that in, in the original case that he saw that he that he was sued in that, hey, he was president at the time. And by the way, I, I ghost wrote the jokes, the ghosts in the, the briefs in the Paula Jones case. And I don't think it, the argument should hold water. But he he he's claiming that, well, you know, president presidents have to respond as a matter of their job. Uh, to allegations made against them, even personal ones. So um, I'm immune under because I was president. But Schmucky, Schmuckhead, then in 2022, repeated the uh, repeated the libel, and that's the case that's being tried today, along right. with the with the the New York State survivor um, sexual assault claim that was revived by the statute. So it's, I, it's um, I'll say for our listeners that the first defamation when he was president was sent by the New York court to DC for them to decide whether it was right. in the course of his job. And they said, we're not deciding that. So now- Yeah, no, they just said it's a the fact air. issue for the juro, jury right, and right. they sent it back to, and basically, so basically what's gonna happen is if um, whichever way this case goes, I think will be race judicata in the yes. first case. And then the only issue will be damages. The damages exactly. I think in each case may be different, but we'll see. It'll I mean, certainly. it should be different because yeah. because because the the first defamation probably caused more harm than the second defamation, and then of course she's seeking damages for the original assault, which could be quite substantial and hopefully will be quite substantial. I I would think so, and I I don't know if you've had a chance to talk to her about this, but um, I really, even as a woman of the same age, had no idea of how devastating rape would be. But how old are you? You do not look. Neither of you. <laughs> well, she and I have to get together. Especially Jill. You'll be You're surprised. Like at, you'll be okay. surprised. And Jill's birthday is this month, too. Oh, shut up. Not to embarrass you, Jill. Let's not. Let's not go Happy there. Yes, 40th. Yes, 40th. My birthday. 40th. Yes, my 40th. Um, 36. 36. Anyway, <laughs> uh, I, 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 I really, I read a book called... Um, I will find you a reporter's investigation of the life of the man who raped her by Joanna Connors. And it was the first time that I really realized how devastating emotionally, psychologically, the damage to Joanna was she couldn't work for a while. Um, and that was just from, now that was a stranger rape. I don't know which is worse, stranger rape or being raped in Bergdorf Goodman by someone that you know is a famous person and that you can't yeah, each, go to court each, against. I mean, I, I, 
I wouldn't, you know, I don't profess to understand as a, as a man, I, I can't even conceive of it, but it strikes me from everything that I've read and, and from people who have, you know, who have suffered assaults have described it. I mean, it, they're, they're just bad all around. I mean, if you are, if it's a stranger, it's like you, you can't feel safe in public. You, 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 you start looking behind you. It's terrifying. And then if it's somebody, you know, um, you, you can feel guilty about, I should, did I do something to, 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 you know, invite this, you know, even if it was just sort of a little flirt and then the guy takes advantage of it and physically overpowers the woman. I mean, psychologically, it's, it's just, I, it, it's just terrifying. And I, I got to tell you, I, uh, um, just just from reading the live tweets, I, 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 I found it emotionally wrenching to hear her yeah. story just, um, you know, through the live tweets. I can't imagine. Yeah. I cannot imagine um, how emotionally powerful it must have been in the courtroom. And there was actually yeah. a New York Times uh, report. Uh, you know, they were doing these little updates here and there that said that two of the men on the jury, younger men, could not bear to watch the cross, even though they had oh. been paying mm. rapt attention so uh, far. They had to look down. They couldn't watch the cross as Takapina did his, 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 his obnoxious, so, obscene cross. So you called it obnoxious oh. and obscene. Let's talk more about that. And yeah. Trump's lawyers, um, yesterday they, they asked for a mistrial and um, the judge quickly uh, denied yeah, it. Good but luck with based, that. <laughs> well, based <laughs> off your experience as a lawyer, I mean, you called it obnoxious and obscene. I mean, did they do anything to cast doubt in the jury? What, what do you make of their performance so far? Well, I don't know uh, about anything about the jury other than just basically it's three women and six men. I, I know nothing about it um, that's could really tell you what's going to happen. That said, I mean, I think, look, there was, there, it, it, it's got to be one of the most difficult things to do. Cross-examination is a bit of an art. And the best cross-examinations are you just get the witness in an orderly fashion to admit the things that you think they have to admit um, that help you. And I remember, I mean, the, the best example of, of a great cross-examination that I have ever seen, there was this, Court TV used to be in the, in the, in the business yes. of, actually, of, of, of actually making legal instruction videos. And the best cross-examination I ever saw was Roy Black. He's the criminal defense lawyer in Florida. Roy Black doing the cross of the alleged victim in the William Kennedy Smith trial. Mm. And he was respectful. He was, and he was methodical. And he, it was devastatingly effective because what he pointed out is what happened was is the woman went out on the beach with Smith and she, her story was that he raped her on the beach. Then she left and then she forgot her shoe or something and she came back to get it. And he brought her back into the house to get it. And what Roy, what, 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 the, what, what this lawyer did was, okay, so you went 
you went back to the house, the house where the rapist was, correct? Yes. And you rang the doorbell, correct? Yes. And the doorbell was in the house that, uh, where the rapist was, correct? And then somebody opened the door, correct? The door was opened by the rapist, isn't that correct? And it was dark, correct? And he led you through the dark hallway, correct? The rapist, right? And he just, you know, it was, but it wasn't, it wasn't in a denigrating way. It was just very mechanical and very factual. And then she did something she took, you know, as proof that she had been there, she took uh, a vase and took it with her. And then he put the vase and then you took this vase and he put it on the, on the, on the ledge next to the witness chair. And basically, so the jury's seeing this saying, the woman stole this vase and he just did it in a, but he, but he did it in the most untheatrical, mechanical, business-like way that obviously it must've had an impact because, because William Kennedy Smith was acquitted. And, and again, you know, it's a reasonable doubt standard. And, you know, I don't, I'm not saying that he was or wasn't guilty in some, you know, in the real sense, but when you, that's the way you cross-examine a victim. Right. Okay. That's how you do it as a lawyer. You don't do things like you accusing them of crying, faking crying and, 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 and all of the stuff that he was I just, it's just reprehensible. Some of the stuff he was doing. And I don't think, yeah. I hope, I don't think it helps in front of the jury. I mean, there's some, yeah. there are points he can make. The point is you did not call the police. Now we know women don't always call police, but, but that's a fact. It's a fact that you have to bring out if you're a lawyer um, <clears throat> representing a, 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 a someone who is accused of sexual assault if you did you know who who they just just as who they did tell matters who they didn't tell also matters and it's usually it's, if it's not factually in dispute you just bring that out in an orderly fashion and you didn't call the police and you didn't call the security guard and you didn't do this and you didn't do that there are lots of things you know you could do um distill what Takapina did, and I'm probably sh- and probably there's more stuff, you know, you or I could do Jill, and I I think Jill would be the right person to do the cross, <laughs> not me, <laughs> not Victor, um, because you know it's better to have a woman do it, I think, and, yes. and you could just do a you know a fair cross that that does your you know that serves your client's interests and serves the interest that your meets your obligation as an as an officer of the court and do you you, you know you, your job is to do the cross and and that can be done but um not in the sleazy mob or mob lawyer type style that i, I think you're making the exact point george you are pointing out that the difference between beating up the victim and re-victimizing the victim which is how takapina approached right. it at least on day one and the, what you're describing from Black's cross, which was, and so I'm wondering on day two, after he had the weekend to get instructed on how to do cross, uh, do you think Takapina did better? Because he did bring out things like, yes, well, it, you it, spent it, thousands of dollars at Bergdorf Goodman. You kept going right. there. You praised yeah, the are, apprentice. You asked about sex with Trump. Um, right. th- th- those are absolutely if asked in the right tone, right. in the right order, in a factual and methodical way, 
that is appropriate and professional cross-examination. But the and, suggestion that he also, what he, I mean, and so, so he did some of that, but it was yeah. mixed in with some other stuff that I read about, like, oh, you didn't cry on TV, but you cried yesterday, yeah. implying that there were crocodile t- tears. Right. You didn't cry Friday. That's just, I got to tell you, if I were a juror, I would be so offended by that. Yeah. It would be yeah. beyond. But we'll see. You know, we don't know. I mean, juries, I, I, and I, I'm not predicting an outcome here. Um, I'm obviously, I'm, I'm, I'm not going to lie. I, I, I think I believe Jean Carroll. And I think she was victimized. I think she's telling the truth. I And I hope she gets a verdict here. Um, but, you know, as, as trials are, trials are not necessarily predictable things, right. they're human events. And it's like, you know, Derek Jeter, Jeter used to say about baseball, you, you know, at the end of the day, you know, the prognostication doesn't matter. You, you have to play the game. And this is the same thing in the law. You have to have a trial. And that's that's our system. And, um, you know, it, it, they don't know. Trials don't always come out the, the way you want or the way they should. But that's that's what keeps us um, a, a, a society of, of laws and rules and not people just shooting at each other and, and, and acting like animals. And, and I do think that juries take things very seriously. I really absolutely believe in the jury system. I, I do think that the first impression is hard to change. And Takapina's first impression was as a bully and that no matter how much he may have ratcheted down his behavior, I'm not sure yeah. that it's going to help him a lot. And, you made an interesting point about whether a woman cross-examiner would have been better. And in Watergate, we actually had a discussion about Mardian, who was one of the defendants, and whether I should cross-examine him because if I could get him to show his true personality, which was known as a hothead, mean person that nobody liked. It would oh, and he much... would be mean to the woman, the young exactly. woman. Exactly. It would be way you, you worse. Must have than, been, you, you must have been like five then. Yeah. I, I, I was I, very young. I was. Um, but I, and I did get him to yell at me. That's his, my math. His defense lawyer says that the reason he got convicted is because he yelled at me. And so it, it did. It worked. Uh, I mean, not that he wasn't guilty. There was no, plenty it, of evidence. It, it, but, no, I mean, a courtroom is it, it, it is in part. I mean, I'm not going to say a dramatic performance. It's because it's real and people are supposed yes. to tell the truth. But mm-hmm. it is, you know, it's a show. Uh, yeah. I mean, yeah. you're, 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 you're putting on a program to show people what happened. And you yeah. need to keep their attention. And the human part of it is essential to it. Absolutely. So. Well, go, go ahead, Joe. Yeah. No, go ahead, Victor, on this question. Well, I, I was going to ask you about Donald Trump. I mean, we mentioned Donald Trump a little bit earlier. Uh, bef- <laughs> orange man, orange man. Orange man, orange man, yes. The yes former, so I, I like to call him the former guy. The former twice impeached, indicted president. Former um, twice impeached, indicted, and we'll see if he's liable. But, yeah. yeah. So he went on his um, social media platform, which I understand that you are also on, and he's been attacking Eugene Carroll. Um, what is your reaction to everything Trump has been saying on social media? And is there a possible jury and witness tampering case here? Well, I, I, I don't know that, it, that it, there's a witness tampering case. That's pretty, you, you'd have to have, I think, I mean, I, I defer to Jill, the actual prosecutor. Um, I think you'd actually have to have direct contact with the jury. 
uh, to do that. Um, I mean, you could you could possibly, if there was a specific gag order in place, which I don't think there quite there is, isn't. or there could be, if he if he misbehaves any further, um, you could have a you know you could have a contempt citation. Um, I don't you know I, I think his his social media posts are designed to. Um, you know, obviously persuade and gin up his own people into thinking that he is a persecuted victim. And they sometimes have been designed to intimidate witnesses, as we saw uh, during the Mueller investigation. And to also, you know, I mean, he was essentially, I don't know, dangling, I don't know, not, maybe not dangling pardons, but hinting to people that, you know, you're my friend. Um, do, doing all sorts of things that I think were, were grossly improper and, you know, approaching the bounds of legality. And here, you know, it's part of his general uh, approach to all of his litigation issues is he's basically, I think he's going to, I think he's between now and November of 2024, he's going to foment some violence. I fear that um, we're going to have some kind of a, maybe not a full scale riot at a federal building or a state building but there are just these people out there who just buy everything he says and they think that this is war and they have ar-15s it's 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 a terrifying thing and yeah. he has he's a sociopath a psychopath he's a malignant narcissist he's whatever term you like he has no conscience no remorse and his view is going to be if somebody gets killed this, these are the things that happen when people try to do bad and evil things to me. Well, I think we Anything, can look you know, at, at what he said on January 6th about people coming in with guns. They're not after me. So right, he doesn't, who cares? He doesn't, Let him in. Right. Let him They're, in. And, yeah. and then and now he's and now he was in New Hampshire the other day where some woman had a oh backpack she yeah. had brought yeah. to the January 6th insurrection and he, he signed it. Yeah. It's just terrific. I think to, the, to Victor's question about is this jury or witness tampering, you know, it's really tricky between his right to speak out, but he right. has a forum for speaking out and that's right. the trial. And he's not coming to the trial. He's trying to reach the jury mm. and witnesses yep. through his social media platform by threatening them there. And well, so, as if anyone was on truth. Yeah, and, 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 and when you think about it, the yeah. fact that he, I mean, I, I can't imagine, I, I, I suspect Robbie will do the closing. Um, the closing, will, will, he, he will get to talk about, they'll get to talk about, unlike in yeah. a criminal case, the yeah, fact that he yeah. did not show up and did not testify. Yeah. And when right, you really right. break it down, I mean, this is a preponderance of the evidence standard because right. it's a civil case, not reasonable doubt. And preponderance of the evidence means just 50.0001%, like more likely than not that, this, that, that, that what the plaintiff says happened occurred. And there is essentially no evidence on defense, the defense side, given that Donald Trump is not testifying. And I doubt that Robbie Kaplan will designate the portions of his deposition where he denied the event. Um, he, you, you've got Gene's testimony. You've got yeah. the testimony of the people she told afterward, like Lisa Bernbach. I forgot the name of the other woman. Um, and then you've got the testimony of the um, victims under four other victims under 415, rule 415. And you've got the Access Hollywood tape. Yeah. And and against that, what do you have? 
Nothing. There is no evidence. Nobody has sworn in the right hand and said, he didn't do this. I didn't do this. And, and, and there will be I mean, expert think, testimony. The experts, right, I think, will, will be, also right. say, this right. is very common behavior that you don't report it to right. the police. But, but Jean did yeah. apparently did a very good job of explaining that yes. herself. And I think, you know, in 2023, people get that. Yes. Mm -hmm. you know, people mm -hmm. who have been paying attention, particularly, I think, New Yorkers um, who are more attentive to, um, you know, the, the current, they, they read more, they understand more, they're more sophisticated. I think they understand that. And yeah. I, I just, I mean, I think that, I mean, she should win. That, that's, that's my feeling based upon logically, based upon those factors, she should win because there really is no evidence right. to counter hers. But we'll see all it takes. I mean, I think the best outcome, I could be famous last words that are wrong. I mean, I don't think it's possible for Trump to get a verdict in his favor, a unanimous verdict in his favor. No. I think that um, the best he could hope for is one or two jurors saying, just just yeah. sticking to their guns and being pro-Trump pro, pro or something and, and refusing to hear the evidence. But I don't know, I don't, you know, we'll see. Well, absolutely. See, that's again, that's why we have the trial. Exactly. Exactly. So speaking of trials, there's a bunch of other cases pending, uh, either actually pending or under investigation. And so I'm wondering if you'd like to talk about any of those. Uh, you know, we can look at January 6th, where uh, Vice President Pence has, in quite a unique circumstance, been called Incredible. to testify. And yeah. um First of all, do you, I, do you know him well enough to opine on whether you think he will tell the truth, the whole truth? I think, uh, look, I, I've met Mike Pence. Um, in a, it's funny. I'm actually a relative of Mike Pence. What? How is oh, that? What? <laughs> my, my, my wife's um, cousin, who she considers a niece, and I, I met her when she was four. Her name is... Giovanna, she met, I met her when she was four years old, 20 odd years ago. And she, Kellyanne got her job in the White House and she met this nice young man, a, a very nice young man named John Pence, who is the, oh the son of Congressman Pence, the, oh. who is the brother of Mike right. Pence. So right. they were married about three or four years ago and I was at the wedding and, and I was at the groom's um uh, the the the, wow. the bride's table and sitting right behind me was the the groom's table and the vice president of the united states was sitting right there um, wow no i i think he's a, I, I think you know mike, mike pence i find to be a, a frustrating person i think he deep down means to be decent and honorable i think he wants to be truthful i think he has a sense of obligation that uh, 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 that, that I think made him do the right thing on January 6th. On the other hand, January 6th could have never come about, but for the fact that he refused, he did not speak out before then. He had, a, I think, an independent obligation to concede the election um, well before then. And I think one of the reasons why January 6th came about was that he did not, he was just hoping Trump would just, you know, do the right thing, which is not always a good bet. Um, so I, I, I have no doubt that he is going to tell, you know, under oath in a grand jury, he's going to tell the truth. 
And, you know, the truth is going to be that the, that, the, that the president of the United States tried to coerce him and persuade him to engage yeah. in criminal conduct. So um, and the fact that um, special counsel Jack Smith has gotten to the point of getting to um, Mike Pence's testimony, I think that would be one of the last pieces of thing pieces. And I'll, I'll defer to you again, Jill, as the criminal uh, prosecutor, as a, as a former prosecutor, that would be one of the last things I'd put before the grand jury before actually um, uh, seeking a true bill. Yes. So we'll see. And I think the that that case, um, you know, is is pretty substantial. I think the case that is the most substantial, the easiest, the simplest, and that may be coming even sooner than that would be uh, the Mar-a-Lago documents case. Uh, I just, I don't see what the defense is there. I, I, I think they have him dead to rights. He took the documents. They asked for the documents back. He refused to give them back. He refused to give them back. He refused to give them back. He gave some of them back. He, he had his lawyers tell the government that he'd given them all back, which was a lie. They subpoenaed the documents. He gave some more back. He didn't give them all back in response right. to the subpoena. Had a false statement issue, uh, issued by, uh, uh, I guess, a lead, uh, what, whoever the, the woman was who was the, the lawyer who played the Christina kind of Bob. here. Yeah, yeah, Christina Bob. Um, I, I think the obstruction case is just yeah. is devastating there. And I think uh, that also distinguishes the Pence and Biden situations. <laughs> and I just think they have him dead to rights on on that one. Uh, and then there's, you know, Fonnie Willis. I think she, you know, she, as we know, she wrote a letter to uh, Georgia, a local law enforcement saying, you know, we're you be on alert because we're, we're going to, you know, we have this grand jury and we're, 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 we're we may bring some charges between July 11th and September 1. I don't think you would write that kind of letter if you were simply indicting the fake electors or. Rudy Giuliani or right. Mark Meadows. So my, my, my view overall about the situation in the United States of America over the next 18 months is that it's going to be a shit show, the likes of which we have never, ever seen because one, Trump is going to be indicted at least two more times, maybe three more times. Two, he yeah. is going to foment violence. Three, he is going to get the Republican nomination anyway. And um, four, I, uh, four, I hope he, you know, I, think, I think he's not going to get reelected. Um, and if he is, well, um, you know, I don't know New Zealand, Canada, yeah. Portugal. I know there are nice countries out there. I'd have to work for I, I, I hope you're right on everything except number two, which is fomenting violence. Um, I, I just don't see how, I just don't see yeah. how there isn't going to be something. Yeah, it's just, yeah. I, I just, because he cannot help himself. He cannot it's, help himself. Yeah. And, and it's also even just lone um, actors. It doesn't have well, to but, be but, the Proud but, Boys. But, it's it's the guy who went to the right. FBI office with a gun to kill people. Right. Because and, he thought, been, and he will have been fomented by Trump, yeah. by Trump's exactly. lies, by Trump's exactly. play, playing of, of, of the persecuted, playing the persecuted victim by the yeah. social media. Um, I, I, there's no question about it. I, well, I, I just think that the, the, if something will happen, hopefully it will not be serious. Um, I, I hope no I more deaths, no more death. Yeah. And Victor and I were both Biden delegates. And so 
we certainly hope that. Oh, you liberals. Huh. Yes. <laughs> Actually, We're no, I'm a liberal now too because I'm against because I'm against rape and insurrection. I'm now a liberal. Okay. Well, then we'll, we welcome you as that kind of a liberal. Yes. We're, yes. We're very happy. You, you have that a you home with us. Able to join us, and we hope that your prediction is right that Donald Trump is not going to be reelected and that he will, uh, for me, do some kind of penance for his wrongdoing. Um, that's all we can say. And that we hope there will be justice for E. Jean Carroll. Um, maybe someday I'll get to meet her at a dinner party. That would be fantastic. Maybe someday I'll get to meet you. I, I've now okay. met Victor electronically. Okay. And now I've met yeah, you. And I, and, I, and, I, right. and I love the pins. Thank you. Thank you. <laughs> yes, well, I'm, are... I'm coming to Washington with a live show of the hashtag Sisters in Law. And uh, Ooh, well, you have my email you, address. You have I'm sending you, you an I, I invite. Wanna, can I get? A, I want. I want seat. you. I want you in the audience and at the after. I want party. a good seat, though. I, I'm. I'm. i You know. I'm. You don't I'm take a seat. Simon. Off. Simon is listening. Not, not, not and he's going to do it. Not in the rafters. Uh, I want a good seat. <laughs> we'll get where you I there. I can see the pin. Where I can see what pin you're exactly. wearing. Exactly. I'll be wearing a <laughs> sisters-in-law pin. We have our own special pin. I love you guys. I, I love there you. There we guys. go. Thank you so right. much, George. This Thank has you, been George. Absolutely fabulous. I'm so glad you were able to take the time to be with us today. And a pleasure thank you to for be here. all you're doing to fight the false news that comes out of Donald Trump's mouth. Oh, wow. <laughs> thank you, George. Thank you. Bye bye. Bye. Well, that was a great episode, um, and I think at least I learned a lot about this case and Eugene Carroll just on a personal level from from George. And I just really hope. I mean, it seems like there was another witness today who said that Eugene Carroll called her minutes after the rape. I mean, that just went down um, during during when we were recording. So. I, I fingers crossed that Eugen Carroll gets the, the justice that she deserves. But like we said at the beginning, even if she doesn't, I think her testimony and this trial will have a big impact on future generations. Um, and, and I hope your generation will be more forthcoming than mine was yes. in terms of reporting these kinds of crimes. I know from my work recently with the Pentagon looking at sexual assault in the military that even for your generation, it is not easy to come forward with rape allegations. And part of it is because of people like Joe Takapina, who bullied the victim. And that's, uh, you know, some of his cross-examination, Victor, goes back to literally, when I got out of law school, there were no rape shield laws. Rape shield laws say that you cannot say to a woman, well, you've had sex before, you weren't a virgin. And that has nothing to do with whether you were raped or not. You can be raped if you're married for 30 years. If you don't consent to having the relationship, it's rape. And I felt like we were back at a time when, what were you wearing, she was asked. And you were flirting with him, weren't you? Those are questions that have nothing to do with when you say no, it means no. And that's something that you as a young man have to understand is when does no mean no? And you can't, you know, you just you have to stop. I don't care. Um, so I'm hoping that that's something that is learned by your generation and that women will be safer and that they will be freer when attacked particularly by someone they know as opposed to stranger rape. But even stranger rape is a difficult thing to go forward with 
the psychological damage of having to relive and talk about the rape means a lot of women will not report and will not go to the police. Lots to be learned. We thank George Conway for being on today. We'll be back next week with another episode of iGen Politics. You don't want to miss that. Uh, find us wherever you follow your podcast. If you aren't watching us on YouTube, you can follow us at Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, Spotify, really wherever you follow your podcast. And be sure to leave us a five-star review or rating. Um, and if you don't listen to us, you can also find us on YouTube and subscribe to us there. Thank you everyone for watching or listening, and we will see you next week. Thank you.